Welcome back, everybody, to the Lakers Lounge, a jovial Lakers Lounge, a Lakers Lounge that is waiting for its DoorDash to get here, but the driver is running a little bit late because he's busy saving the Lakers season. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I'm telling everybody give it up for the Dash Mamba. Matt Ryan <laughs> delivering with that 4.8 star rating in the clutch last incredible. night. You know, just amazing. Just run to the corner, fade away three. No doubt, like leaning as it goes in. Yeah. He knows that thing is dropping, even though he's coming in cold off the bench, did not play a single second in the overtime. One yeah. of the weirdest buzzer beaters I think we've ever seen <laughs> Dude, in our was... entire lives. <laughs> but also yeah. one of the greatest, weirdly. <laughs> like that was that was incredible. I was like, the first, the first play that they ran on the possession before, I was like, wait. You would think they would like put in Matt Ryan here just as like sort of a shooting threat. Right. And they did it the next time. And I'm like, oh, we know who this is going to. And <laughs> well, they set that back screen. And I was like, no way. They're right. They're throwing him the most difficult shot you can take in this situation where he's basically running a corner route, has to get his feet in bounds, balance himself, chuck it over the backboard and into the basket. I laughed last night on 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 the lowdown. Um and, and like when I say I laughed, it was like me alone in my room laughing at, at only me thinking about this. But like every single person who was watching from home and every single person in the money moneylaundering.com arena who was like who were like lined up properly with <laughs> with that shot were leaning to their left. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah, leaning yeah. they're they're leaning. No, like, come leaning on, is the, it he was leaning to the right, right? Like, no, no, no. Was, so if you're watching it from like, if the ball's coming towards you, right. Cause that's, he shot it from the opposite side of the basket. He shot it from the right corner yeah. and the, the, the camera's on the left side of the court. So the ball is kind of coming towards you. Yeah. And so like, Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. like, you're, you're kind of like leaning to your left. You're like, come on, get it in, get it in, get it. Oh my God. <laughs> it was so perfect. It was so great. And I could just I could just picture everybody in their living rooms and on that side of the court just kind of leaning, come on, come on. Oh my God. And then he sat back down. <laughs> the journey to that shot is just incredible. Like not yeah. only is he a guy who like had the door dash while cleaning cemeteries to like make a living while he waited for uh like for you know like his next NBA opportunity, which came with, you know, the team in Boston that we will not name. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and uh the but Red then Sox. you know, getting to the Lakers having Darvin Ham like have to basically campaign through the media for him to make the roster <laughs> yeah. and then you know getting in non-guaranteed contract super cool story of just like a yeah. guy fighting to make the team out of camp and then he hits a buzzer beater in game what was it seven last night is it game seven um yeah. of the season and oh I I thought you meant of a series like I it felt yeah, like a no. game seven <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> Well, we know in a game seven, that's who they go to is, is Matty Ice, the Dash Mamba, you know? Yeah, it's just... right. yeah I, all right. So a couple requests, everybody. If Matt Ryan has ever served you food, I need you to go back into your DoorDash app and make sure you gave that man five stars. Because let's all he... we we need to uh, like we're we're all giving our DoorDash drive are all our delivery drivers extra tips. They might be the Lakers next clutch hero. Okay. <laughs> We're going 25% on the next orders. I want the tweet me those screen grabs, this is, okay? This is how we're getting around luxury tax payments. This is <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Last night was incredible. Last night was like I, I tweeted out after the after the, it's one of my more popular tweets like of the last week or so. It was just like I'm smiling thinking about yeah. a Lakers game. I what? What? 
and and like I, I was not, trying like I was I was still fully expecting to get our hearts broken in overtime and then oh, yeah. you know like and then they you know they end up running away with it and like finishing mm-hmm. it off and like again I I know it's the Pel- I know the Pelicans didn't have Ingram and you know Her it's Jones. like they had LA nightlife whatever it's still you know it's two wins in a row for a team that definitely needed them and definitely yeah. you know has played better than the record suggests and so it's been kind of cool to see them not be like go from like the worst three point shooting ever to just like a generic bad three point shooting team and be, yeah. you know, okay as a result. Well, like that's kind of what I wanted to talk at the beginning of the show about. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to keep some lighthearted stuff here at the beginning. It's going to get a little dark and a little deep as Kyrie Irving is tripling down apparently. Uh, so we're going to discuss that in the middle of the show. And then on the back end of it, I want to have a conversation about Russell Westbrook and and whether his approach to coming off of the bench has changed anything for you. So, um, but I, I wanted to talk in, so like last night was really fun. Like that was just a really fun basketball game and it was chaotic. Uh, poor Edwin was, was in charge of the recap and we've all been there, Edwin, like having to write a recap of that game. Uh, it came up with an incredible headline. It was, it you, was I don't know yeah. Was, yeah. It was like uh, Pelicans get beaten by a, a DoorDash Pelicans driver. Pelicans get owned by DoorDash driver. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. Just... Yeah. Um, so, like, it was a lot of fun, but it felt – so there were, com- there were some kind of light-ish moments last season, right? It wasn't it, – second half of the season was all just, like – dismay and darkness and yeah it was like it was all dismay and darkness until like the final game when austin went off you know that that was like the only bright spot for like the last entire like 41 (laughs) games and even as like austin was going off it was just like you know what it's nice that they get to finish like this you know yeah as Um, frank was like as frank was like counting the seconds until he was you know like uh, you know (laughs) woge scheduled a tweet (laughs) woge just (laughs) scheduled a tweet (laughs) yeah (laughs) he was ready to go um so but like last night felt very, very different um, than even like the lightest moments that last year provided. And, you know, I was trying to think about why that might be. And last night felt kind of sustainable. You know, last yeah. last night felt kind of repeatable. Now, obviously, yeah, that things probably go differently if Brandon Ingram is available and things probably go differently if Herb Jones is available. And, but I could also say like things probably go different if LeBron is closer to 100 percent he he didn't look right at all last night yeah um, ad and, still clearly laboring like yeah like every time ad hangs on no the rim Schroeder. yeah well, <laughs> no kendrick nunn <laughs> though he did get a t he did cost the lakers two points from the bench can i can i just say like er- everyone last year that spent the entire season arguing that like oh you know Kendrick Nunn you know like would have made like a, like a 10 to 15 win different like this team you know <laughs> we can't really judge them because they didn't have Kendrick Nunn I know I've done that as a bit but like the scoopsters who were talking about you know Kendrick Nunn like that's a big yeah. loss for them you know, at some like, point really he might come back with this team like yeah. you know he just got benched for a DoorDash driver <laughs> like it's it's embarrassing and yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm already I'm already trading his contract. Like, I, you know, we're going to talk about this in the third kind of part. I'm not of the saying show, that he but. can't play better than he's shown so far. You know, maybe once this like if this team were to trade Russ for wings or something like that, maybe needed another ball handler. Maybe he starts to look a little bit better or something like that. So, like, I'm not completely writing him off as a contributor for this year. But like the the I idea am writing I am Nunn, writing him off as a game changer from last year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the idea of Kendrick Nunn apparently far outweighs the reality of Kendrick Nunn yeah yeah I think Heat fans told us that I think Heat fans told us like yeah this guy you know he's gonna look great in some moments but his bad stretches are bad and and the opening to the season has been has has gotten him demoted over like you said Matt and Ryan um but yeah last night it felt like even even the first win of the season where they shot like 45 percent from three-point range I'm like you know I don't think they're going to do that very often. Probably not. <laughs> but like last night, they shot thirty-ish percent from three. Um, their defense, yeah, that's, and like, that's all they need to be is just like regular yeah. bad, like yeah, you know, just, just generic, don't be historically bad. <laughs> yeah, just generic middle of the pack bad. Like right. not like any other year, you know. Like like they need to be like a bottom ten three-point shooting team. That's all they need. Like, yeah, exactly. And and so. But and and the other reason it felt sustainable, and we're going to talk about Russ on the back end of the show, was Russ has really accepted and is thriving in this bench role, and and looks like he's having fun. Like we're getting to see, you know, the Russell yeah. Westbrook that I think you know. I remember you talking about him being one of your favorite players from afar, from like a yeah. national perspective during his Thunder years, and like he is a fun, charismatic guy to watch on TV when he's going. Absolutely. He's smiling. He's like he's dapping up his teammates. He's dancing with them. Like he looks like a, like you know, a guy that is really having fun out there and that joy can like transfuse itself into the rest of the roster. And it was like last year, almost the opposite happened because things were going so poorly, yeah. but like he does deserve a ton of credit and we can go ahead and I think give that to him at least up front for, you know, you and I have both been critical of him at various times. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, second time around, try on coming off the bench, he seems to have really embraced it and it seems yeah. to really be working for him. Well, I think, you know, and this is where, he and Darvin Ham deserve a lot of credit because Darvin so, Ham, the best dancing coach in the entire ever, history of the NBA, ever, ever. Like there was a look, there was a, there was a play that I thought I, the, the Austin Reeves charge. I thought last night was a good opportunity to um, to get back a possession and, and and all of that stuff. And uh, he didn't challenge it. And I was like, you know what, man, he's probably nursing a two day hangover. Like, yeah, no, I mean, that, you, like, you don't I, move I, like I that say, and then pay, not pay for it the next two days. <laughs> as someone who is over 30, your body is not meant to move like that when you're no. over 30. And Darvin Ham no. is pretty clear of 30. I, he's a grandfather. Yeah. So, you know, like, he's, <laughs> like, you know, grandpa's like outside of the six flags mascot are not meant to, to move or dance like that. And that's so, one of those you know, where like the grandchild, the, the, the grandchildren see him moving like that. And they're like, Grandpa, what? I, I loved that yesterday <laughs> pregame. He was like, "Yeah, I got to learn some new moves from my sons." Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I love Darvin, like, man. I'm like, I'm all in on Darvin Ham. Oh, me too. But yes, go ahead. Sorry, you were making the point of him and Russ. He, he, like, the reason to believe in the Lakers this year, right? The almost sole reason was the difference in delivery between him and Frank Vogel, right? And it was. Hey, this guy's going to be a lot more upfront. He's not going to bullshit. Frank Vogel is the eternal optimist, which sounds nice, but we've all had that manager who's just way too perky all the time. 
And, and you know, Ham, I think one criticism that, that Russ had of Frank was that he wasn't being communicated properly, that he wasn't going to be like sitting at the end of a game or something like that. And, and Ham has told us every step of the way about the conversations he's had with Russ that got them to here. And, you know, whether it's simply because of those conversations, how much of the, the, the uh, credit pie you want to give to it, it is a difference from last year. And seeing Russ accept his, his role this year very differently than the way he did last year has been not just, by the way, great for the Lakers, but I think potentially career-saving for Russ. Because, yeah, like, 100%. If, if, he, if he continues to pout and if he continues to put the most nicely fib about his, his hamstrings not responding well to coming off of the bench, um, I don't know that there's a role for him in, in the NBA next year because he's too old for a team to really, like, hope he grows with, with the core that they have there. And he isn't productive enough to start over most starting point guards. There's a lot um, of good point guards in the league. Like, that, yeah. that's the other thing. There's just not, not a lot of need for that as, like, a yeah. starter. So, like, his best role is probably what we're seeing right now, you know, where yeah. he is just – he comes off of the bench. He becomes a tornado with a, a, you know, a series of other role players who want to get out and defend like crazy and run like crazy with him. And it's been it's – been it's like a shot really, of adrenaline really to the heart in the middle of the game. It like, really... you know, everything starts out like, you know, pretty slow or whatever. And then it's like, it's that movie crank or whatever, when they shove the needle into Jason yeah. Statham's chest. Like that's, yeah. that's Russ coming in lately. Or like I, I, I compared it last night to like, we're, we're all at a part. We've all been to parties where the right song comes on and the party just gets reaches another level, you know? And and it, I think that's even a better opportunity. The Lakers need to find this song with Russ and almost treat him like a closer in baseball, you know? And as, as he's coming in, just ratchet this song up and get everybody, like, into a froth. Like, I think, I think it would be it, – it's, it's, it's a great opportunity there to, uh, to get behind him accepting this role because, like, I think he's Lakers like, – like, Yeah, you're saying treat him like they're Mariano Rivera. Like, he's got one really weird pitch, but it's different from whatever the rest of the team does, and they just throw <laughs> yeah, him in there, right. and the other defense is like, wait a second, there's somebody running now. Like, LeBron's not, you know <laughs> – Yeah, he's like, not – Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I just think, uh, yeah, I, I part, of, like, part of the reason that last night felt more sustainable was the shooting didn't feel like an outlier, and Russ has really accepted this role. And, and I think also, like, the last part of this is Lakers fans, like, I know there's a lot of animosity built up between Lakers fans and Russell Westbrook because of the way that last year went. And I totally understand, like, Jovan came on and, and contextualized why it might be difficult for Russ to, like, acknowledge how much better the fans are treating him this year. Totally understand it from too. his Everybody, you know, who did not listen to that one should go back and check it out. We we got to the bottom of mop water versus foot water. It's it's really really important. I conversation. still disagree, but Jovan made some points. <laughs> so, but like, this is Lakers fans. I think I I I know I have. You know, I I've been looking for a reason to root for this guy because, like, as evidenced by this off season, it 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 looks really difficult to move him. So it's like find a way that we can buy into this guy, and and let's see how things go. And I think the fact that he is very clearly sacrificing for the betterment of the team and accepting it and, and, and is thriving in this role because of that sacrifice is something that Lakers fans can really get behind. And I think it's something that Lakers fans really have gotten behind. Last night was great. The night before that was incredible. 
And, and I think it's the kind of thing that, you know, I don't think it necessarily changes the trajectory of his relationship with the Lakers organization, but at the very least, like I wrote for silver screen, this is at least like a nice final chapter. This is like a nice kind of send off that we can, that we can think about as, as he departs for like Washington or something. Hey, if he keeps this up, you know, like uh, Lakers fans, I don't know if you can chant like six M-O-Y, you know, as well as you can like MVP. Six more, like, six more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When he's at the line, like we got to get like, you know, we got to get those going. Just like make him feel the, like get him feeling the love for coming off the bench and like the crowd appreciates him. But yeah, yeah. it's been cool to see like, you know, the fans, the fans, like I, just two notes on like everything that you said there, which like I mostly agree with. Like, I, I think, um, you know, the, the fans just want, to watch a team that is playing hard, that cares about this as much as they do, that reflects their investment of the time. Like if you're listening to this, you're not listening to this because you're like a casual fan. You're yeah. like deeply invested in this team. And like people are not buying tickets to go to these games, you know, because they're like, they don't care about the layer, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's some like celebrities or rich people that just go for whatever, but uh, yeah. most Lakers fans, the, the bulk of Lakers fans care deeply, deeply about this team. And it's, you know, like they just want to see a team that cares as much as they do and this team the way the way ad is gutting through it and just like clear like playing like a defensive monster while clearly physically limited a little bit by this back injury the way it, like how hard lonnie walker and austin reeves and russ and like all these guys are running and the, you know like sprinting matt ryan the joy that everybody on the court has for him just like as a guy who is on the fringes of the league and is getting these moments to shine like you know it's like there's like it's just really cool to watch a team especially after last year where that team just very clearly was bought out early in the season yeah than to watch a team and again it's only two games it's easier to do that when you're winning it's harder to do it if you know you hit a rough, rough patch and so we'll see how long this continues but you know the, the message that i would have like you know about your or my main takeaway from all of this i guess has been that just like i think fans just want a team that cares and this yeah. team cares and it's hard not to buy into it when they're playing this hard even if you know even if the results aren't always going to be you know a, a two-game winning streak or three you know however many they can extend this to and then the other thing that i just wanted to note on ham is like I think so often, like a lot of the ham versus Vogel kind of discourse has gotten boiled down to like, and, and I'm not saying that this is what you were doing, but like the almost dog whistly, like, you know, like, oh, the, the players can relate more to this guy and, you know, whatever. And like, I do think that Darvin Ham, you know, obviously is communicating really well with the players, getting them to buy in and stuff, but he also deserves credit. And I, I think a lot of times, like for whatever reason, blackhead coaches don't get all of this credit as like the X's and O's guys, but like they are yeah. like the, how much better this offense look oh since my he God. and this staff came in like again I don't know that Darvin Ham's like drawing up all of these plays himself like I don't know the delineation or the breakdown of like the roles on this staff but like it just overall everything looks so much more coherent the rotations have like almost across the board been better I think and more agreed upon than they were last year and like he's just doing a really great job in like all facets like not just the leader of men part of it but also like the overhauling and making structural changes that can help the team from an X's and O's perspective too and I think he deserves credit for that. And so, I mean, the whole staff does, but like Darvin specifically. Yeah, the Lakers made a play last play last night that was, you know, it was like a pick and roll on the right side of the court. Whoever was handling the ball got into the paint. I think it was LeBron, and he kicked it out to Russ. And Russ just like, uh, just just without thought, kicked the ball, like passed the ball up to, to Lonnie Walker at the top of the key. And it was, it was, it was modern basketball. It was a pick yeah. and roll. It was a kick out, 
and it was immediate. It was immediate. Bang, bang. Shot wide open. Shot at the top of the key. Lonnie knocked it down. Um, and like that is not something we saw last year. <laughs> that that like it's not even because that was kind of a set, but it was more. It was more like a systemic. Like this is what we know to do here. You know? Yeah, it's like these are our reads, and we know like right. where people are going to be, and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, because like Russ was technically open, and last year probably takes that shot, right? Or at least thinks about it for like five seconds, dribbles the ball a couple times, yeah. like you know. Yeah, yeah, but last night it was just it was just like a it was just oh this is what I need to do right away. Bang, there's Lonnie. I I don't recall if they had a shooter in the corner. If they did, the reason Lonnie was so open was because whoever was rotating out to Russ shaded towards like to 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 force the pass up to Lonnie which wound up working out but like that's the kind of stuff that yeah I I'm glad that you mentioned um that Ham should get credit for systemic changes to this um especially on the offensive side of the ball because we don't see black coaches get enough credit for that but like again like I, I keep on coming back to every time Russ is super amped coming off of the court. Like when the Lakers finally force a timeout and Russ is coming back, like Darwin is the dude who's dapping him up. And it's just so cool to see him like really, like really going out of his way to, and this is what I think, like I I, I come, like I, I come from coaching. And one of the things that drove me the most insane in watching like other coaches as I was competing against them was like, they were super duper loud when their players screwed up. But yeah. they wouldn't. They wouldn't necessarily go out there and 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 bring that same energy when the player does something right. And here, Russ is approaching this role right. And so when he does, and the Lakers force that timeout, there's Darvin to to really remind him and really like pat him on the bat, you know, slap him on the butt and say like, "Fuck yeah, dude! This is this is this is what we've been looking for." And that's it's just been so fun to watch that. It's been it's been real like a real joy. And yes, it's only two wins and all of that stuff. Absolutely fair. They could go out and lose this next game, but like at, this feels the most sustainable than any of the success that they've had, you know, since before Marcus Saul went down with COVID. I would say, and and shout out Lonnie too. Like we we gave a lot of love oh, to man. a lot of guys. Yeah. Like Lonnie, just unbelievable last night. It was like yeah. so much just done. Like I, I don't I don't know if someone bet him that he could only like score like like oh I bet you can't only score on dunks, but like he really tried. You know, <laughs> like he did his best. To yeah. dunk every single thing last night, and you know, just a bit like also a guy again, like got some. The Lakers got some criticism for using the mid level on him. Mm-hmm. I, so far, I've liked what I've seen. I was not as familiar yeah, with his I'm game wrong. in San Antonio. I know that there was a lot of thought that maybe they could have done better, that they could have gotten someone who was a wing or whatever. But like so far, I've liked what I've seen. Maybe not a perfect fit, but so far, I, I think he's been really helpful, and they deserve credit for that. And so does he, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, you know what? We're going to stay with the positive stuff. We'll finish the show, I guess, with with the, the shitty stuff. I want to talk about Russ. I want to talk about yeah. Russ. I want to talk about, like, him accepting this role. And, you know, I started the pod yesterday, or I guess Monday, with Jovan um, asking him if there's anything that can be done here that alters the trajectory of, of how this is going to play out and whether the Lakers trade him. And it doesn't sound like there really is on the positive side of things. Like, he, he, I'm going to be honest. He surprised me with the whole like doomsday scenario. And for me to be surprised with the doomsday thing, that kind of shocked me. But well, because but, I know I, I saw you tweeting during the game last night that the Lakers like officially won the rust trade. And so, you know, I think, um, like I could tell you're, you're feeling good about this. Rust stands. I love you. 
What other what other trade would you be tweeting about during a Lakers game against the Pelicans? <laughs> and certainly not one that was that, that gets rehashed every time Anthony Davis grabs his hamstring. Like <laughs> I'm just glad the Athletic published a report, uh, a story yesterday on whether or not the Lakers won the Russell Westbrook trade. You know, just a debate among. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I like. Do you him accept Russ accepting this role off of the bench, and you know the Lakers looking the way that they have with him coming off of the bench? Has that changed how you think this should play out? Not really, just because I still think that there's a higher ceiling for this team if they can break his contract up into a couple of useful players. Mm -hmm. You know, you're still seeing, like, the the Lakers needed Matt Ryan to hit, what, like, four threes last night to win that game? Like, that's not necessarily, like, a sustainable model for success. I think Lonnie Walker went, like, four of eight from three and... Yeah, like, I I still think that, like, this team, in order to get to uh, the next level, like, and be a little bit better, like, does probably still need, like, some help on the wing to, you know, just to break up that contract into multiple players who are not on the minimum and make this rotation make even more sense. So it hasn't fully changed my stance, but I I would be lying if I, you know, if I didn't say that it's made me at least be like, okay, they don't need to do this right now, you know? Um, like they Mm -hmm. don't, like they don't have to, it's not like it was the first couple, you know, days of the season when everyone was gleefully, you know, talking about like, Oh, like, you know, national media, I'll call the Pacers now, right now, Rob, get it done. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I think the Lakers, you know, deserve a little bit of credit for waiting. Like maybe this is what they were waiting for and hoping for. And yeah, or I think this is, you know, I don't know that that's, this is a, maybe this is what they were waiting for and hoping for was that he would have some success under ham in a new role and that it would look okay enough that you can continue to evaluate the team. You can continue to evaluate your options and hope that you can make a move for one first round pick versus both. Yeah. I, this has bought them time. And, yeah. and buying time is, you know, really effing important given that, like, the Lakers' needs are such that they do still need to trade him. It's, we've seen that change, though, from the Lakers need to, change him, to, to trade him yesterday to, well, we'll see, you know? And, and I, I think, like it's it, it's just all and I I hate that like basketball talking about something as fluid as basketball as beautiful as basketball can be, when I talk about personnel, it does become as like just cold and business one hundred and one as as the phrase allocation of resources is right because like Russ coming off of the bench and looking the way that he does is great. But having a $47 million player coming off of your bench and not closing games is just not a proper allocation of resources. Yeah. And so, like, if you're if you're going to... I, I would venture a guess that Russ is the highest paid six-man in NBA history. Well, six-man who doesn't even close. Like, doesn't close either. Because he didn't yeah. play at the end of last night, and he didn't play in overtime. So, like, Manu was a six-man, but he closed games, you know? I don't know if Lou Williams really closed too many games, but... Probably not a lot. But um, we know Trez was was whining because he didn't close games. Um, and Dennis Schroeder wanted to start because he didn't think that he, like, coming off of the bench would, would lead to him closing games. So, like, but, yeah, like, the $47 million coming off of your bench and then not fitting with your best lineup, like, that's really difficult to overcome. 
it's and like look let's let's be real like the stuff that russ is doing right now like dennis at the minimum is going to be like probably fairly close to helping in similar ways yeah i mean like what it essentially his like the one difference though is russ because of his size and because of his physicality, like last night, he, he has was, been very good on defense. And so he does deserve yeah, credit for that. He You're was right. fronting. He's like, so far this season, he's full fronted um, uh, Kawhi Leonard and, and had success there. Last night, he he screwed up a couple of possessions for, for New Orleans because he got uh, worked his ass off and, and full fronted um, Zion. And, and like, it's NBA players. Have we just forgotten how to throw the ball in the post? Like, <laughs> no, this goes back to 2020. Like, remember when Remember when Rondo and LeBron were the only ones who could hit AD with an entry pass? Like, it's just, you know, it's it's a lost art. I It's it's crazy to me. We're you losing know, recipes. Well, it's also, it's also like, not only have they forgotten how to throw... <laughs> damn it. I, it's too late for me to play it, too. But I even have the damn clip here. But, yeah, like, I, it's it's wild... Not only have they forgotten how to throw the pass itself, but also position players in ways that can make up for, you know, full fronting. Like if you just stick somebody at the high post and you have somebody who's trying to throw the ball in from like the wing down to the baseline, anywhere in that area, like all you have to do is get the ball up to the high post, quick one, two punch, and and you, you get around the full front there. But like, partially because teams don't want players in the middle of the key who don't have the ball as they get there. And then also partially because this is just a lost art. Apparently. Uh, yeah, we just, <laughs> I watched this and I'm like, you're not going to send anybody to the high post. And, and I'm thinking people, I appreciate it because the Lakers, you know, LeBron has full fronted Jokic. Obviously I just talked about Russ. The Lakers are really employing this, this strategy. So the sooner or the, the later people, figure out ways to, to, to counter the strategy, the better, but it's just, it's been funny to see. Um, but yeah, like I think, yeah, technically speaking, uh, Dennis Schroeder on the minimum could offer, I would say like seven out of 10, if Russ is like yeah, Russ is I like a 10 fair. out of 10. Um, and, and given that he's, if, if you're, if you're turning 10 out of 10 into seven out of 10 and that player's paid $45 million less than the 10 out of 10, that allows you to do some other stuff around the rest of the roster that frankly, the Lakers still really need like, yeah. They, and like, not even just like, cause I don't like you and I don't care about Jeannie Buss's money. No, I don't, um, you know, you no. can ask, you can ask Aaron how excited he'd be to save the 45 million tomorrow. But um, <laughs> I think like, you know, the Lakers could theoretically reallocate that into, you know, like into multiple useful players that fill other needs like on the right. roster. And so that's yeah. the big thing. Yeah, I mean, like you get the seven out of 10, you know, from Dennis and then you get, you know, like if you get seven out of tens in these other areas where you currently have zero out of tens, yeah. like or two out of 10 options, then like that, you know, it, you know, to steal a phrase from Darvin and Rob, it dimensionalizes your roster, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I look, what we're seeing from Anthony Davis has been special. Like this yeah. is, this is, by the way, like when, when, when I when I hold Anthony Davis to the crazy high standard that I know I hold him to, it's because I know he's capable of stuff like this. He has been the best defensive player of this season and he's lapping people, you know, yeah. he's, he's, he is so effing good. And I think, uh, the way that he, um, the, the way that the Lakers are utilizing him in drop just allows him. So like in football, uh, 
when Deion Sanders was playing cornerback, it essentially just wiped out half of the field. Like you just yeah. didn't throw to Deion's side, you know? And and that's that's one thing in football where like there is another half of the field and all that stuff. That isn't necessarily the most important territory on a football field. In basketball, though, the Lakers utilizing Anthony Davis in drop coverage basically wipes out the key. And that is the most important territory yeah. in basketball. And and like him playing basketball, like playing defense this way, um, offers the Lakers more margin for error because of the the to, to make up for the poor shooting. But if like if you just if you have AD doing that, and then when he isn't out there, you also employ say Miles Turner to approach it some of the same ways. Then you have forty eight straight minutes of that kind of defense. Plus you add Buddy Heald's shooting, and we've seen how. Uh, Matt Ryan's shooting has dimensionalized the Lakers offense. Like, like, yeah, I, I, I really appreciate what Russ is doing here. I've, I've, I've ranted and raved about it now for, I think three or four podcasts. He, he deserves a lot of credit for it. Um, but in terms of what the Lakers need here, this is still very loud. They, they still need other things elsewhere on the roster. Yeah, and he's made it easier for them to wait on those things and get Absolutely. by with the way that they are now and, you know, has, like, deserves a ton of credit, ton of praise, and, you know, uh, maybe, like you said, has, like, sort of saved his career and, you Absolutely. know, uh, uh, unlocked an extra couple of years for himself here that may not have been around, like, had he had this year gone as badly as last it year It looked did. like it was going, yeah. Yeah, I just like I just I also hope that someone writes at SSR about the benefits of the Lakers using drop coverage uh, with AD. <laughs> Alex, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Regulators, please. <laughs> um, yeah, I what I think Russ has earned himself is the ability to go out on his own terms. Right, he has seen that he he can succeed in this role. He has shown that he can be useful in this role. Um, like the saddest part of the end of Iverson's career was that like, he can tell, he can try to tell people that he went out on his own terms by not accepting a lesser role, but essentially the league kind of kicked him out. Cause it's like, well, then you're just not going to play anywhere. Yeah. You know, this is like Russ he, showing that you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> right. Sure. Well, you know, and, and look, maybe that's After how Iverson... I was fired, but I quit. Like, Iverson, like, you know, maybe that's how it was always going to end with Iverson because, like, that was his personality, you know? Um, fuck you to the very end. And there's some respect in that. There's, there's, you know, I do respect parts of that. But, like, for Russ, him showing that he can do this, it allows him to, like, if he walks away, he can say, I'm walking away because I'm just, I don't, that's not something I'm interested in Because that's in not doing. what I want to do. But yeah. I showed that I could do it if necessary. Right. Right, like we always kind of wondered with Iverson, could he? But we never knew. Now we yeah. know with Russ. Like we know what that would look like, and it looks awesome, by the way. It looks pretty good. It you looks know, for, great for a more well constructed and more well balanced roster. You know, yeah, that is like theoretically some, someone that's very helpful. I don't think I, I, I don't think I had this on my bingo card heading into the season. But some team out there is going to get better because they get Russell Westbrook at a minimum this year. Yeah, and everybody's going to call the Lakers stupid. Yeah, I know. I I can't wait. Fantastic. We we you know we need to we so we need to get on our uh, we need to maybe next week we can do our season uh, our like Lakers you know early bingo season cards. you know yeah. heading towards the trade deadline bingo cards like our pre All Star weekend bingo card. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. No. No. Like. No smooth way to segue into this. Um, nope. <laughs> uh. Look. 
what I, I I recorded a lowdown and I and I and I said that I'm pretty disappointed in Adam Silver and, and the NBA in their lack of response to this. Like there still hasn't been a punishment levied against um, Kyrie Irving for spreading hate speech, um, which by the way is something that you can be punished for by the league's bylines. Um, I think like this is a Lakers podcast and I, and like, I, I don't know, Harrison clearly spreading anti-Semitism is wrong, right? Like this is something we can just say, uh, I am, I am willing to go on the record and unequivocally state. Yeah. Yes. That is I, wrong. Some aren't <laughs> apparently. Um, and it's been really disappointing to see how few like current NBA players have come out and, and said anything about this. Right. And like when disappointing, but not surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess this is where it's like the difference between like shocking and surprising. Right. Like, yeah, it, you know, it sucks, but, but yeah, I, I'm bummed that we haven't gotten any of that. I'm bummed that, you know, Adam Silver is still pushing this off for another week uh, to where he can sit down and talk with, with uh, Kyrie Irving. I think it's kind of unfair to ask more of Adam Silver theoretically because he is Jewish. Um, where I say that he needs to do more is because of the responsibilities he has as commissioner of the NBA. Um, but like that, that Kyrie hasn't been punished for this. The only, the closest thing to punishment that he's had is having to answer Nick Friedel's questions every scrum and continue to screw that up. And like, I know Lakers fans and like such easy questions to answer to like such an easy answer. You know, it's not like Nick Friedel was not asking him SAT questions. Like he was asking him, he's like, Hey Kyrie, you agree with this racist shit in this documentary. And Kyrie's like, well, let me, let me think about this for a second and kind of extemporaneously talk out loud about it. Kyrie, are you anti-Semitic? Yes or no? Well, yeah, it seems like a pretty easy question. Yeah. Like, do you, do you, do you believe, those of the Jewish faith faith are 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 lesser than anybody else. Yes or no? Well, like what what the f- what are we doing here? Like that's all that's all that needs to be asked. And and you, he's had opportunity after opportunity, and people keep giving him opportunities because they're treating him like this nineteen year old who just stumbled upon their their first like. Uh, I remember I remember back when I was like nineteen ish years old. That was back at the time when uh, there was the the con- the conspiracy that um, jet fuel melted like iron bars or something like that. All right. That. Well, well, this uh, this uh, well, no. this podcast just got blacklisted on iTunes. Like, well, sure, <laughs> but like I I remember when that was going around, and some of my very like some friends of mine who I thought were very intelligent, like one of whom went on to become a Harvard law. He 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 studied law at Harvard. So like. Smart people are capable of being fooled by shit, you know, when you're really young and when you and and when you're looking to be fooled. But Kyrie isn't some 19-year-old. Kyrie isn't like this this isn't some some kid, some bright-eyed kid who can just like just claim like, "Oh, well, you know what? I I I need to do more research on this." He also, by the way, has all of the, the all of the resources in the world. He could call up any number the of people. The defamation league tried to meet with him, and he sent his dad and his aunt. Right. It's just like it's just. I'm sorry. Like the, 
we keep on trying to excuse it. And I, I know there are some people in, in, in our mentions now because you tweeted me, retweeted me Horrible saying that like, that, <laughs> that, that Amazon is to blame for selling this Which, thing. Which like, yeah, if Fine. you want me to say unequivocally, like Amazon should not have this movie on there. Like, yeah, absolutely. They, like, do not have this movie on there. Like, that yeah. is wrong. I feel like that goes without saying when you're yeah. criticizing someone for posting it. But hey, there you go. You heard yeah. it directly from my lips. Like, you know, I am where I'm not willing to go is be like, well, we should be criticizing Amazon and the documentary makers more than Kyrie. It's like they are like, a, it's they a are the shitty ones. We know they are the who, shitty ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they're they, again, the criticism of Kyrie for posting their work, like that goes without saying that we think that them having it available and making it respectively are wrong. And like, but again, this is a 30-year-old man who is like quadrupling down on this at this point. It's yeah. just like it's just wildly disappointing. And he's being given every single opportunity to just come out and say the most obvious thing. I am not anti-Semitic. I am sorry I'm for. I'm sorry. Yeah, I am sorry for spreading for for spreading hate speech. Like he's had, he's been given now. I think four or five opportunities to do that, and at every turn he has refused. And it's like, at some point, when a person keeps telling you who they are, believe them. And yep. and the league is waiting for for one of it. It's it's VP of the NBPA to you know to to tell them that he's somebody that he isn't. And and at some point. The league, the NBPA, his peers, like they need to step up and say, there is no place for this in our league. Because if it was if it was hate speech against black men, absolutely there would be no place for it in the NBA. It, we're seeing it right now where apparently the Spurs covered up shit for a year as Josh Primo apparently accidentally nine times or so, whatever it was, had According to his, his lawyer statement, you're not yeah. you're not actually yeah. Had, had his had his uh, you know allegedly had his privates fall out of his shorts um multiple times apparently on accident which at some point doesn't become an accident anymore and and this poor psychiatrist was going to the spurs asking for support and wasn't getting it and it was covered up for a year it was like the only the only actions that become or the only hateful actions that become actionable it appears as the nba is 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 showing us through their actions is against black men and i'm sorry they aren't the only wronged people in the world there are other people who can be victimized and we do need to stand up for those people when shit like this goes down and at some point at some point the league again his peers uh they need to stand up and say yeah this guy is really good at basketball yeah this guy can score in ways that we haven't really seen at that position ever but also fuck that dude he stands for a bunch of shit that we cannot stand by and accept <laughs> and the the part that sort of is going unsaid you know in all of that is that by not doing that i don't know that like i i, I don't believe that that's how they feel like, you know, based on the overall yeah. response to Kyrie and no one calling him out and, you know, right. um, any of that stuff. And, you know, I mean, that is what it is. Like, you know, it's just like, it's even just, and, you know, we know this about the world. Like, this was, you know, shocking and appalling to everyone. Like, during the uh, Robert Sarver thing, when Adam Silver came out and admitted that, like, hey, yeah, like, I, you know, 
like the people that are my bosses have different rules for punishment from me than the people that are below me. Um, Like, you know, we're seeing right now, they're saying the quiet part out loud about like, you could be as problematic as you want if you're good at basketball. If you're Myers Leonard and you use like a Jewish slur on a live stream, then you are suspended, salary dumped, cut, never seen in the league again. And, uh, you know, again, rightfully, rightfully or wrongfully, like, you know, I, I like, I, I'm not someone who doesn't believe in second chances or education or learning yeah. about where you were wrong and being able to make amends like Myers Leonard by all accounts has tried or not Myers Leonard. Uh, um, no, it uh, is Myers Leonard. No, it wasn't Myers Leonard. Was it the, the center from Miami? Yeah. Yeah. That was Myers Leonard. Okay. On his, yeah. on his Twitch for video games. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was Myers Leonard. Okay, for some reason, I felt like I was mixing up the name, and I didn't want to accidentally libel someone. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it, uh, you know, like it just like you you can have second chances, you can learn, you can do the work, and like that's not something that I'm saying that people can't do, but you know, it's just like it's you know you have to be willing to admit fault take responsibility like say you're sorry and say how you learned from this and how you learned that you were wrong. Yeah, I I. He, and I would and I would offer him the opportunity to do any of those things if he took that opportunity. But he's been given he's those not, opportunities. He's been offered it like four times at this point. Like, <laughs> and he hasn't. You know, and and you know, it's it's a real and and so like, you know, I, I know this feels kind of small to 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 mention this in in basketball terms again, but this does depreciate his market, right? Like the Lakers can theoretically acquire this guy for less than they would have otherwise. And yeah, he will be available as a free agent next year for less than he would have been uh, available for otherwise uh, because of all of this stuff. And I am just begging the Lakers, please care about more than basketball here. You know, like the reason, the reason like, and, and it, it, Deshaun Watson is the highest paid football player right now. Right. And, and like, it was, it was interesting to see when he got that contract that people in the NFL were like angry that the, the message that it got, that it sent that like, how can this guy be the highest paid player in our sport, given the allegations that have been levied against him and that have been proven by the way, to be true in some cases. Um, and it's like, I don't even care necessarily that the guy's the highest paid player in the sport. The guy shouldn't be in the sport. Like how much he makes that, that doesn't really matter to me. This guy shouldn't be playing football right now. He he isn't playing football right now, but he shouldn't be playing football in a few weeks, you know? And, and, um, Kyrie Irving, like until he, until he shows some growth here, until he shows that he is willing to not spread hate speech, shouldn't be in the NBA. Like don't hold your breath. I'm I'm not on any of that. Well, and like, I I also like, and this is what sucks is because like people listening are going to say, of course, there's a different set of rules for owners in the NBA than there are for players. And of course there are different sets of rules for, for talented people than there are for not talented people. Right. That's not even a sports specific. Like it or don't like it like that. We, I think both of us understand that very well. Right. But like, if we don't say anything about it, and that just becomes the status quo that is just accepted, then I feel like we're not really doing our jobs. 
you know and also like you know there's there's all the constant what aboutism of like oh like well what about like you know what about Psy? what about lebron what about you know the relationship like there with like nike the uyghurs in china you know Psy trying to basically get daryl morey fired in the wake of his free hong kong tweet like all of this stuff like yeah i mean all that's wrong too it you all know, sucks focusing on the thing <laughs> right now but we criticize lebron we criticize the nba like when that was going on during that like in the lead up to that yeah. title season during the preseason like you and i were both on here i don't know how many times talking about how messed up everything was and so like that you know, became yeah, like my like, unofficial beat wrong. for a stretch like that was yeah. that was something i just kept on having to write about was lebron's piss poor responses to to and the league's piss poor responses to, to how that went. yeah right so yeah i i I did, all of this sucks i wish we could just focus on the basketball the basketball last night was a blast this lakers team is really really fun and it sucks that I have to sit here and say, like, hey, this really talented player who is, when he is right, just in terms of straight basketball, super fun to watch. But to quote Joe Sai, hilariously, this is about bigger than basketball. This is bigger than basketball as he employs the guy who's spreading the hate speech. Yeah. All right. Uh, the good news, though, is that the NBA um, has their priorities straight. The NBA has fined the Clippers $25,000 for vol violating league injury uh, reporting rules. When the team list listed Brandon Boston Jr. and Musa Diabate as unavailable, but both played on October 30th against the Pelicans. So they're doing their job. Yeah, no, the league's taking care of the real scourges in the sport right now. <laughs> Musa Diabate. I hope I said his name right. All right. Yeah. Um, that's going to do it here. Unless you have any, uh, do you have any unfortunate? I don't really mishaps? feel like. I want to even end on like an, an amusing yeah. story. I, I, I had one, but I'm not, I don't. I'm All not right. We'll give it, we'll give it next time. All right. That's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers lounge. This week's episode here of the Lakers lounge. Hey, shouts to you guys for tuning in uh, to all of our stuff, the way that you guys have, despite this, uh, the by, despite the way that the season started. Um, now we have this fun uptick as the Lakers appear to be fun and it's great to see. Welcome back. <laughs> Hey everybody, um, but yeah, we have we have some fun stuff uh, planned out for the remainder of the week, and then heading out into the remainder of the season. So until then, I'm Anthony Irwin. That's Harrison Fagan. This was the Lakers Lounge. We'll talk to you next week.